Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. And we're back for another podcast with... Mr. Hayden Rolf himself, the one and only. The myth, the legend. And Mr. Ryan Smith. <laughs> that is Hayden Rolf. Uh, how I are you, my am, man? Uh, pr- How's your knee? Oh, mate, it's not even the knee this time. It's uh, I've obviously, well, not so obvious to everyone else, but I had uh, my second vaccination on Monday and it hit me. It knocked me for six, like for 48 hours minimum. I felt like awful, like absolutely awful. Um, But it's really, really weird. It's not like, and whenever I talk about being ill or anything like that, like my girlfriend hates it because I make it out like I'm the only person that's ever experienced this and no one can possibly know what I've been through. But but, yeah, um, yeah, it was weird. It's not like, it wasn't like a normal flu where, you know, it just didn't feel like a normal flu. Like I, I, it felt like an out of body experience and like I had all the classic like fever symptoms and stuff like that, but it's, do you know, it's the headache. The headache is what gets me over everything else. So once when I've got that kind of, I think once a year, what I would probably describe as what I can imagine a migraine to be like, where you physically like can't like, you can't look at your phone. You have to be in like the darkest room possible like under the covers yeah. because any kind of light is like just crucifying your brain. Um, I've only had that once. Yeah, I get it about once a year. Yeah, once. It was flipping yeah, awful. It's, it's not cool. So I had that for two days, which was awesome. So hopefully I've had two years worth in two days. Um, and then Sad. for the next 48 hours after that, it was just like, like I was saying, an out-of-body experience. Like I, I felt really lethargic, but that's an absolute like... Classic that even um, the nurse was saying, she was like, you, it's with the Moderna is the one that I had. She was like, a lot of people report feeling super lethargic, like energyless, um, fatigued. So I kind of just had that. And today I'd probably say is the first proper day where I actually feel a bit like myself. Um, so it's good. It's good. It's, it's been a long battle, but I must say, like, I do wonder if maybe, so I can, I came off the back of a stag do to have my vaccination. So I had a two day stag do, which was pretty hectic. And then um, had the vaccine on Monday and I went into the vaccination center. Cause I remember actually texting you when I was in there and I was like, I'm already sweating. Like yeah. I'm actually sweating before I've even had the vaccination. Um, <laughs> Maybe, are you sure it was even the vet? You sure you didn't just like, it was just an accumulation of a stag oh, do maybe. Yeah, it, I, th- I don't think it helped the situation, but uh, yeah, it was... It was bad. No, but anyway, how... Go on. Mate. Oh, no, I was going to say, talk closer to the mic for Hello. a second. I need to move. That's better. Yeah, get it close to your vet because you're in your living room for those that are watching on YouTube and it is like so echoey. How about now? Yeah, that's much better. That's much better. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I was kind of left my own devices whilst you were struggling. Yeah, it was, um... I did feel really it bad, was, actually. Uh, 
and uh, I felt bad. Like, I felt bad. It was one of those ones where I was like, because we just had the release of one of our uh, new programs, um, and it was it was literally like the day before. So I was I I felt super super guilty, but you've absolutely crushed it. So no, appreciate that live on air. That's good fun. It's good. I like building stuff and designing and getting creative. So that's all good. It's all good. Um, so yeah, here we are. We're back with another episode. We're all firing on all cylinders. Hayden's much better. Um, I'm absolutely fine. Still got blonde hair. Are you? What's what's the situation? Are you getting that cut before you go away? Yeah. Pro- See, the thing is, when you're at a festival, like when I'm at a festival, like, I will just wear a hat the whole time. Like I, I won't, but then again, last time I didn't have, you know, you don't have showers and stuff. Whereas this time we've got actual like bathrooms, showers, toilets, everything. So I might go for a haircut. Yeah. I'm thinking probably go for a haircut. We leave on Wednesday. So probably either Wednesday morning or Tuesday, little tra- trim so that if you do want to, but the thing is, mate, is it's so funny? Cause if I wear a hat, but for those of you who can see me on YouTube, if I wear a hat and I have like, obviously my sides are bald and when I'm like this, it looks like I'm bald. But it's fantastically blonde still. So yeah, have a haircut. Everything's ready now, mate. Got ten. Everything. Got a few last bits coming today, and then I'm ready to hit hit the road for Creamfields on Wednesday. I am excited. I was a little bit like, oh god. Um, I am excited now. I've just seen DPD in the window reflection. I know I am expecting a few deliveries. Um, I'm actually CMA. surprised. It should be. Yeah, I'm, I be am good. surprised that um, this soon that they've actually because uh, what. Am I right in saying probably about 80% of festivals, like big festivals, have just not bothered going ahead, haven't they? They cancelled it. Yeah, I think a lot of it was to do with uh, insurance. So a lot of it, the local councils wouldn't uh, like uh, accept their, not accept their insurance, but like allow the insurance, give them insurance basically for their things. That's what I heard. Don't correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not part of the festival society, so I wouldn't actually know. But that's what I've heard. Yeah. So obviously, Creamfields, Reading, those have got accepted for their insurance. That's why they're going ahead. Pretty normal, pretty much like everything. Like when we went to uh, the cricket two weeks ago up in London, had to just have a lateral flow test. Um, or if you're double jabbed, you so get through on that. With that's a bit flow, of a- how, do, how does that actually work? So you've got a, there's like a, uh, like a barcode number, isn't there? At the end of it. Yes, it's like a QR code. Yeah, yeah, your QR code and then a, a number underneath it. So you basically just have... To, this is the funny thing, mate, because if you've just got that that kit and you've got that number off of the kit, you could... Anyone could easily just input that onto the NHS website and say that the thing was negative. You don't have to take a picture. You don't, like, scan the barcode and it knows if it's a positive or a negative test. Like, as long as you've got a number for a test, you just upload it manually onto so- the internet. I mean, it'd be super selfish if people did do that, but it was part of me thinking like that it's a very trustworthy thing. Like you do it at home, you put it in this little droplet thing, you put the droplets on the test and then it comes up. And if there's one line, you're safe. If there's well, two lines, it's, like when you're pregnant. Um, it's just unfortunate that, is that there will be people that will, will lie. Like it's, they will. Well, this is, and if, imagine if it comes back positive and you're asymptomatic. Like this one, my mate said, he was like, imagine if we're, we do it that morning, we're at the travel lodge and we're all absolutely fine. We do it. And one of the tests comes back positive. What do we do? 
we've been in a car for five hours. He was like, so the likelihood is that some of us might have it, just maybe not showing symptoms or coming off on the test. You raise symptomatics, it's not going to ruin your weekend, but what about spreading it? What do you do in that situation? I was like, theory, you should just go home. But would people go home? Do you know what I mean? Like, would people be like, well, now I've paid like 400 quid for my ticket now, I'm going. Yeah, well, unfortunately, there will be people that will be like that, which is like the sad thing. It's like, because I've, I've, we're allowed back to the stadium now in football in Brighton. And I was reading up because I've heard this rumour go around that potentially they're only going to let people in stadiums who've had double vaccinations. So, so I was trying to yeah. read up and see if like, that was the case already for Brighton. Um, but what it seems to be is you've just got to show a lateral flow test. But I was like, I don't, I don't get, yeah. I, was like, I, I, I literally don't get how, how it works. That's what I said to you. I was like, do I bring the lateral flow with me? Nah, so yeah, so you enter it online on the NHS website and you put like the test and then you put, put like the, 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 the test, the date, you put, yeah, yeah. And then it sends you an email and it sends you a text message that says um, you, like, I've literally got, I because of obviously me becoming a father. One father. Uh, we've had many uh, hospital, yeah, for those of you who don't know, I'm becoming a father if you haven't already known this. Um drop it. And I've had Whoa. to get, uh, tests every time we go to the hospital for scans um, and yeah it comes through with this so it's like a, a big long prose and it just says uh, NHS COVID-19 notification dear Ryan Smith birthday 7th of June test date 3rd of August your corona le- coronavirus lateral flow test result is negative it's likely you were not infectious when the test was done keep following corona advice including regular or self-isolate if you get symptoms of coronavirus is it or, 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 like normal stuff yeah when you put okay, it up cool. yeah 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 it's not it's not hard it's just you've just got to have them and you can order them but I'm pretty sure they were going to be paid like I'm pretty sure you're going to have to pay to have those lateral flow like buy the box itself at the moment we've got like yeah we've got loads obviously we know we're going to be doing a lot of trips Mm. to the hospital over the next like six months so we were like we we better get them in shipment better get them in right well team that's enough uh, C19 (laughs) chat because I'm sure we're all pretty bored of it now not going to lie it's Um, a bit like that I am. Yeah, it's just you just kind of want it to kind of just disappear now, really. But there we go. Anyway, today we want to talk about measurables, about measuring your weight loss progress. And the reason being why this topic come up is I was uh, putting together a lesson for our Fat Loss Accelerator course on measuring your progress, the importance of it, where we should take the measuring the progress and things like that and setting up their new tracking sheet so they can track their data and we can help review it to make sure that they're accelerating towards their goals. Um, and we thought, you know what, why not give you guys an insight into measuring your progress, the best ways to measure your progress, how you should do it and why and the importance as well. Because as we always know, when it comes to losing weight, what do we rely on, Hayden, when it comes to losing weight for our progress measurable? What do we rely on? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to repeat the whole question again quickly. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake, you ruined the whole thing. Thing. It's such a calamity in here. Someone else come in. Come on. Jess, I was going to say, where are you? We need some new co-team. <laughs> no, for goodness sake. So the scales. We place all of our progress on the scales. That's the only measurable that we use. Um, and for the majority of you here, and you'll probably be, probably will be nodding or thinking, God, he's right. You probably weigh yourself daily, if not two or three times a day, or you probably do the opposite. You maybe do it once a week, 
once every other week, you know, you just check in here and there. So there's no consistency and no actual then validity almost to the scales, giving you a relevant uh, marker of your progress because it's either completely flippant or you're measuring five, six, seven times a day uh, and completely throwing yourself off with the actual, you know, scale weight number. And that isn't well, going to be helping the thing your is progress. Well scales, isn't it? Well. Is people like, this is everyone's logical rationale with it. It's like, right, okay, I need to measure my fat loss progress, the scales. Like, exactly like you said, it's like number one that everyone goes to. Mm -hmm. But then also, it's so black and white to everyone where it's like, the scales go down, I'm successful. The scales go up, I'm failing. And it's, it's literally that mm. black and white to people. Yeah. And this is yeah. kind of what we'll talk about today. Um, but, it is, but it is like that, isn't it, though? It's like, when you think about it, you, we call it weight loss, yeah? I call it weight loss because I'm like, that's what most people refer to. So it's just the understanding. Um, and therefore, it, it, you just put two and two together. You're like, I want to lose weight. The thing that tells me what my weight is, is the scales. Well, that makes sense. Like the, you know, I, I weigh this and I want to weigh less than this. The only way I know that is by jumping on the scales. What we forget is everything around that. Well, yes, but that, the so let's start here. Like your weight that you see on the scales, that arbitrary number is simply your gravitational pull to the earth. It's your gravitational pull to the earth of everything from your eyes, your nose, your hair, your lips, your bones, your skin, your muscle, your hydration, your water, like your food that you've digested. Like it's not just your body fat. So first and foremost, that's what we need to think. Like your subcutaneous fat that you are carrying that you want to lose is only such a small part of you. You know, for those of you like 20% body fat, if you've done like a DEXA scan or something, it's like, well, that that there in, in and of itself should show you that. It's like, well, I did this scale thing that said I was 23% body fat. Well, even if that's not accurate when you just stood on those scales, that should show you that that number on the floor is only 23% representative to what you actually mm. weigh. Like your body fat is only 23% of that number, yet you take that number as a whole of being like, this is it. Whereas it's like, well, hold on. Only 23% of that number is your body fat. There's a lot of other factors, 77% flipping heck, 77% that's actually all the other things. And all those other things aren't very consistent on a daily basis. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, seeing as people only typically know that area of what to track, the scales, how do you kind of then navigate around it for your clients? Like what's... What are kind of the things that you will set them up for success with, like straight from the off? Like what other tools do you typically look into? Yeah, so like the three basic like physical measurables are, yes, the scales, but it's the way that we use the scales. Um, measurements, so measurements are great because measurements and also we're going to get into this photos. They're your physical feedback. They're your actual physical feedback. You know, when you are losing body fat, your body is going to change shape. Your body will inevitably like shrink. Uh, it's literally part and partial of the process. So measurements are so fundamental because you will be therefore measuring your physical progress of as you see your body fat go down, you are going to get smaller. And then lastly is also your photos. You want to be taking photos as well because your photos are going to be giving your visual physical progress. Um, so you then can have your standard photos. So the three kind of like top measurables, as it were, to use with regards to actual data um, would be scale weight, measurements, and photos. But we need to actually look deeper into it and actually, okay, cool. Once these are our three measurables, 
how do we actually go our best utilizing these three measurables in the most productive way possible? So do you want to start off by going into, right, we're going to use the scales, Hayden, but how is actually the best way for us, especially as women, to use the scales so that they are productive and not hindering us, especially psychologically, I think, in yeah, the journey? Yeah, so I, we spoke about this, uh, I think it was actually episode two on the podcast where we kind of, I don't know if we briefly went over it or we went into a bit more depth, but what you've got to understand is the first thing is like, females essentially have like, <gasps> summer's at the door, you keep talking, I'll be back. <laughs> females have essentially four different physiologies through the month and through each physiology, it, your hormones are very, very, very different. And because the hormones are very, very different, it's going to produce very different readings on the scales. So obviously you've got uh, the follicular phase. Now the follicular phase is where all things are good. That's where menstruation starts. And then that's typically between like the first, uh, from day one to up to like day 14. Well, and then day 14, you have ovulation, which is the midpoint. And then the last phase is the luteal. And that's when times get tough. That's when you have like the PMS. That's where uh, estrogen starts to drop down, uh, progesterone drops up. And that's where you will typically in that phase see a lot of water retention. That's where you see your scale weight go up. Now, here's the thing that you need to know. So let's say you start your fat loss journey on week one of your cycle. So week one, you've got your weigh-ins. And then week two, you have a new low weigh-in because you're still in that follicular phase where all things are good. But then week three hits, you're in the first week of the luteal where things get tough, the scale weight goes up. And you're now logically sitting there thinking, hang on, what's going on? I've done everything exactly the same, but I was crushing it from week one and two. And now week three's hit, my, me my measurement's going up, my scale the scale weight is going up. Let's just keep the scales is what we're talking about right now. But the scale weight's going up. And then you hit week um, four, where again, like almost your progesterone, like it only gets, uh, well, it's only increasing higher and higher to a certain degree. So you're going to see more water retention. And there's so many other factors that are play like impaired sleep, which can have effects on your hunger, um, can also have effects on your stress levels. All of these things will actually work like, as a byproduct, your scale weight will go up. You hit week four and you've had an even higher scale weight weigh in. And you're then scratching your head being like, this makes no sense. Like I have done nothing different. And you then feel like a sense of failure just based on purely what that scale measurement is set, uh, that what that scale um, reading is saying. And what you've got to understand mm. is you cannot let that defy your progress because your physiology is different. So going back to what I just said at the beginning, like you have four different physiologies through the month. So the only way to actually properly track your progress is compare the physiologies month by month. So what I mean by that is you compare week one of month one against week one of month two. And then you compare and you're, you're looking to get the average right. So yes, we take daily weigh-ins, but it's the average of the week of the weigh-ins is what the number that you're really looking at here. So you take week one of month one against week one of month two. Week two of month one against week two of month two. Then you go week three of month one against week three of month two, and then week four of month one against week four of month two. And that is where your physiologies are the same. And even then, to somewhat degree, you still take it with a pinch of salt. And the only reason I say that yeah. is because we had this classic case last Christmas that popped up where people were comparing their physiologies from um, 
November, December and January. But what's happening is November, they're, you know, they've had some good trends, but their physiologies in December have gone up because of the social like occasions that have gone up because the calories increase and all of these things. And then their measurements, uh, their scale weight uh, weigh-ins, sorry, have then reduced again in December. But if you look at it on a piece of paper, it looks like uh, December was a total like failure for you. But you're not taking into account all the other factors that are going on. So yes, you do compare monthly your comparisons what are going on. But again, you've still got to understand like everything else is going on, like in like the environment that you're in and all these things. But that's the only way that you can really truly compare your weigh-in progress as a female. Because if you compare daily or even weekly, you will leave yourself very, very, very frustrated. Yeah, man. Boom. And I knew you dropped some knowledge bombs. So even me going to get parcel didn't even interrupt <laughs> knowledge bombs. That were there. Did you hear? Did you hear me say? I didn't know if it was going to pick up my AirPods and me going. Thank <laughs> you. Um, he was about. To, he was about to leave. Some of them, like Amazon, will just leave it outside. But I knew it wasn't Amazon. I think it's my Ooh. cereal. So if anyone that follows us, yeah, I know. But we'll. I'll open it at the end of the podcast. Um, yeah. So I was like, oh no, it's signed for as well. So I, like, I need to go get it. Yeah, and this is the important thing: is it's knowing that like there's so many facts, especially from a female, that can fluctuate your scale weight that you really have to be data driven and also logical at the same time, you know, because sometimes even the data isn't going to show you exactly what it is that you want to see, see, you know, no one's cycle is perfectly 28 days, four weeks. Some people that have PCOS is going to be longer. Menopause is not even going to be existent. All these things. So all you've got to do is do your best at being your own little scientist and noticing trends. You know, for some people, you won't have much change. You know, some people, I know Hayden, you've said it more than probably I've noticed with clients is that You've you very much used that anchor method, and it's been quite reflective. Whereas I've known for a lot of mine, I haven't I haven't had that issue. It's been a lot more like l- just progressively linear. It hasn't flipped back too much. And this is why I think it's super important to know that like you've got to take it exactly as you said. Still with a pinch of salt. It's still so so individualistic. Like cycles are so individualistic. It's not mm-hmm. the same. But ultimately, understanding that that's why. And I think it's also hard because. Not only is your weight going to go up due to water retention towards the end of it, but you have like drops in uh, dopamine and serotonin that make you feel good. So that's why you're literally in the worst situation, even mentally, to like deal with that that negative number that pops up on the floor because you're like, I'm not even in the best frame of mind right now, and I literally want to throw this out the window. <laughs> so hopefully now you understand that like the scale weight is to be taken with a pinch of salt. You know, we advocate very much using the anchor week measuring daily, getting weekly averages so that we can iron out in the best way possible these fluctuations that happen. And a great app to use is an app called Happy Scale. Happy Scale is great um, unless you want to get a fit track like mine and it tracks all for you. It's pretty much the same. Um, And these basically then tracks your fluctuations, but it gives you trend lines. And this is probably one of the best things you can get is trend lines because trend lines then actually show you where your weight is trending rather than highlighting this zigzag of jumping around it actually then just gives you a trend line of, look, this is where your weight's heading. It's heading down. So you don't need to worry if tomorrow it jumps up by two pounds because you know that you're still trending down overall. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so that's just like, I know Ryan again briefly went over it there, but just the female physiology is just one part to the puzzle as well of like tracking your data from uh, the scale weight. 
And then you've actually just got the day-to-day things that happen. Like we're literally talking about like the amount of sodium you eat from one day to the next. It's never going to be the same. Like you're never going to eat exactly the same packaged foods. You're not going to see eat exactly the same portions. Like you've got carbohydrates. Again, like you will never have exactly the same amount of grams of carbohydrates every single day. You've got to factor in like eating out, which again is going to uh, like cross over with the sodium and carbohydrates intake that you're having. Like your sleep will have an effect, your stress, um, your hydration status when you last ate. Like there's so many factors at play from day to day why your scale scale weight will fluctuate. So that's why we take these daily numbers and look at a trend that happens over the course of like the weeks, the months um, that that is going on. So I can't stress enough to you, like try and detach your self-worth from the results and the scales. Like do not let the scales dictate your results, basically. That's where I'm getting at. Because if you are letting it get to you daily, it's like, you've got to think what that does to like your mindset and your mindset is everything. Like, especially when it comes to nutrition, like your mindset is literally everything. It will be the difference between you being successful short-term and long-term. Um, so if you mm-hmm. can like get your head around, you know, like Ryan said, taking that really with a pinch of salt. Yes. Sometimes it may frustrate you, but for five seconds, like five seconds max, and then you've completely forgot about it. Just push it to the side and don't let it take the rest of your day. But if you do, like I said, it will have a profound impact on your decision making. And you are far more likely to ba- uh, make decisions that do not align with um, the identity that you wish to seek to where you want to go. And it will only put like, it will, it will drift you further away from the, from the goal that you're looking to get. So the readings, yeah. like definitely take them. They have a purpose like especially like the averages that you're looking at through the month through the months ahead but with a pinch of salt like take the reading forget about it yeah yeah man and moving on from that is measurements measurements is pretty simple you know i think measurements is just a simple one now these don't need to be done daily obviously these um are pretty much like a weekly or fortnightly thing um so with measurements i always say like the easiest two to take are your waist and hips so every week or fortnight, um, whichever is easiest for you, one measurement around your waist, which is around your umbilical, so your belly button, um, and then one measurement around your hips, which is the widest part of your hips across your bum as well. They're two super simple ones, and I always think they're the best ones because women typically due to estrogen have lower body fat patterning anyway. They're the ones that are going to shift the most and you're going to see the most changes, so it's going to be super motivating. So I'd always suggest taking those, your waist and hip measurements as well. Take them weekly and keep note of them as well. That, that still applies and, as well. Like the female cool. physiology still applies with the measurements. Mm. Like oh, yeah. you measure um, mm-hmm. week one of month one against week one of month two and so on and so yeah. forth. Like that's that's still the, mm-hmm. s- the same applies. And a, a prime one as well. Like I always say, and I think I said it in the lesson earlier, like hips and waist, yes. And then probably the other one that, that you want to take is probably bust like around your chest because that is like predominantly our chest, our breasts, our fat tissue. So you will see some reduction in that as you are losing body fat. But also I know some women find an increase in water retention and their boobs get bigger right before they then are due on their cycle yeah. as well. So it's like if you suddenly do your chest measurement, you're like, well, wait a minute, it's up like two inches. Like, oh, I've put on some body fat. That's also I then a direct. never come across a client that has been pissed off that their measurement has gone up 
in their bus. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I was talking hypothetically. You get what I'm saying here. Like, you know where I was going with that. Come on now, let's not play silly buggers. Um, cool, so that. And Just then before last you move but on, not least, is... Then give, give the listeners an added bonus here. So, yeah. Ooh, so bonus. Bruce, so Bruce some of us are very, very, very emotionally attached to uh, data, right? So uh, numbers. Now, whether you want to use the scales or not is is up to you. Like we suggest it. It's, it's another bit of like progress that you can track um, over the course of time. But if you're very, very like obsessed with numbers and what they do, it can obviously have a huge effect on you. So I've had clients before where I've been like, look, do you know what? Like even though the scales are trending down, like over the course of the months, it's still getting to you daily and it's actually having an effect on your decision making. So let's get rid of them. Now, the same can happen with the measurements as well if you're very number driven and stuff. So what I actually quite like to do with uh, as soon as I identify very, very quickly on the personality trait of my client, there's an option where we can take the measurements with ribbons. Now, what this these ribbons do is they have no meaning to them. So there's no a number attached. But what you would do is essentially like you can color coordinate your ribbons based upon uh, where you're measuring. So you could have like red for the hips and you could have um, blue for the waist or something like that. And <laughs> why'd that take you so long I to decide a color for your hips? <laughs> I was- um, I don't know, like, uh, Mongolia. <laughs> Mongolia? I meant Magnolia. It's a good country. <laughs> Mongolia's a country. <laughs> um, oh, goodness gracious. It's so, Friday, right? It's Friday. Oh, the Amazon man's here. Come on um, now. All the deliveries. What, Carry what, on. What I get my clients to do is like, right, get this ribbon, and let's say it's around the waist on the uh, Mangolian. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> make sure it's around the waist on your way to yeah. uh, Mongolia. Um, and you'll get it to the point of where it's obviously wow. at its tightest. So you want it to be them like touching each other. And like, you're not like, you know, squeezing this as hard as you can to like get it to that point. It's like a very yeah. natural, just like you would have the measurement right. So you get it to the point of where they just touch each other. So obviously, when you first get the ribbon, there'll be like an overlap, but just cut it to its exactly at the point of where they're touching each other around the waist. I'm, I'm doing it on the camera like everyone can see me and I see you oh, Brian no, like no. this. And this is also, <laughs> I'm like, what's he gonna do? This is also really important to know is that I say this to someone. So one of my clients, I found that like, oh bless her, her measurements <laughs> would like, she measured, she'd be like, my hips are up like six centimeters. And I'm like, what are you doing with your measurements? Like, and she was like, she used to laugh back. She's like, I don't know what my measurements doing. So one of the best pieces of advice I can do and give to you guys is before you take your measurements or your ribbons, ribbons is probably a little bit easier because you'll have a mark. Uh, but if you're not using the ribbons, then if you are doing measurements, check what your measurements were last week. So you know, if you're roughly measuring in the same place, you know, if you see it's roughly the same, or it's a little bit less, you can probably know that you're in the right place. If you suddenly see it's jumped up by six centimeters, that's you're in the wrong place and you're obviously measuring slightly wrong or that you've dropped five centimeters in a week, you're probably measuring it wrong. So I always, and I do this myself, I've never taken measurements until this this time. And when I'm taking my measurement before I do it, I look, right, what was last week? So I know that like roughly where it should be if I am in the right place or not, if it's somewhere similar to that yeah. number. Yeah, 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 yeah perfect. Does that and then what oh sorry i'm just going to add on that because this is what i literally get people to do so 
ribbons yeah, of Mongolia. Before I get to the ribbons of Mongolia, uh, like if you are doing measurements and you want to know where to measure the right place, like literally, like say for example, go get a tattoo. Yeah. I always say like, okay, so use your like belly button, for example, only ever go around the belly button. Mm. Or if you want to go below the belly button, measure the distance that you're always measuring below your belly button. So if it's, let's say you're going a centimeter down from your belly button, like make a mark. Yeah, exactly. So get that fixed point and do the same like around your glutes, like however you're going to take that, that measurement, Mm. but always find a way to make sure it's accurate every single time. Um, yeah, they, like like with your like with like when I measure the, my my upper thigh, I go from the top of my iliac crest. It is iliac, it's crest, iliac crest, isn't it? Jesus, look at that physiology there. Uh, down to like the top of my kneecap, and then I measure the halfway point from there. On my arm, I always put it round around <laughs> her leg. <laughs> I've got an angel on my arm, so I always know I go around her leg, leg, and that keeps me in line. Again. You're not going to suggest, like, don't go get a tattoo or anything, but just find two points, points, like, like, points like, on your... <laughs> yeah. Little lines, like, here, here, here. Because um, that's just going to make it easier for you, and then it helps, actually, with the, the keeping the variables exactly. to a minimum. Uh, and then back to the Mongolia. So uh, the ribbons, and you can literally just measure exactly the same principle, make sure you're measuring the same points. But what you will notice is over the course of the weeks, months, years, however long you're doing this for, you will notice that the ribbon, assuming you're in a calorie deficit, is going to be getting, like, you'll be able to cross it over more and more and more. You'll be able to pull it tighter and tighter and tighter as you do the measurements each time. But it's just a really good way for you to keep tracking your progress without having, like, a physical number, like, attachment to it, like um, being obsessed with the data or anything like that. So a little bonus tip for you there. Yeah. Yeah, man. And last but not least is photos. And I think that's just a key point to note. And this goes for everything. Trying to keep the measurement, the variables down to minimum. minimum. So when you're doing your scales, same time in the, in the morning, Ooh, same state. So I'd always say first thing in, yeah, I forgot about this. First thing in the morning, after you've been to the toilet, before you've drunken any fluids, eaten any food uh, in the same clothes. So like I, for example, will jump straight on there after being to the toilet in my boxes. And it, the, 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 scales stay in the same place in my office. I do not move them because if you move them from like carpet to tile or tile to wood floor, it will change because of the uh, the floor. You know, the floor is not typically flat. So that is the same as measurements as well. Always do it in the same state. First thing in the morning after you've been to the toilet, X, Y, Z, because you do it different parts of the day, you're going to have different readings as well. Um, and this also goes for lastly, your photos. Always want to be taking photos. So a front photo, side photo, and back no photo selfies. as well. Pretty self-explanatory. To, yeah, no selfies. Uh, set up a timer on your phone and put it on a side, whether it's a windowsill, ledge, desk, on a shelf, whatever it might be, or get someone to take it for you. Um, so you get that. Do it in the same state, like we said previously, but also do it in the same room, same lighting, mm-hmm. same place, because lighting is very flattening or unflattering. So if you change that, um, and also the same clothing, minimal clothing, preferably in like underwear or shorts and sports bra, so you can actually see your physique. There's nothing worse. Then when someone submits photos and it's in like leggings and a t-shirt and you're like, I can't, we can't, or a hoodie, can't see a physique. It's like that those photos are then irrelevant. So make sure that you are doing it in relevant clothing where you can see your physique. You don't need to show these to anybody. They're only going to be for yourself. You know, you can lock them in a gallery or something somewhere on your phone. I think Androids can do that. This is Um, the thing though, like, and I know what probably most listeners like are saying, because I I 100% have always had the same battle as well. It's like, 
you don't want to see those photos. Like you don't, you don't want to um, see it. But there's two things that can potentially happen here. Like number one, like you are not going to like what you see, or you potentially won't like what you see, which is going to give you the extra bit of kick motivation to continue doing this anyway, to keep going rather than be opposite. Because you physically know if you see those photos and you don't like what you see, well, you're not going to then be like, oh, do you know what? I'm just not going to bother. Because you're then yeah. you're not going against, or you're not you're not with your own morals of what you're saying, like of what you want to do. I guess morals isn't the right word, mm-hmm. but your own actions. So it gives you that yeah. little bit of motivation. And secondly, like everyone is always, and I'm like going to tell you now, you are going to have days where you feel like crap, like you feel awful, you feel like no progress is happening, you're super down, you're emotional. Like your hormones are changing, right? You're going to be emotional and you're going to be like, do you know what? I want to quit. And the scale weight might go south or uh, sorry, might not go south, might not go the way that you want it to. Um, So you then get frustrated again, want to give up all of these things. This could be having these photos and reflecting back on your journey of how far you've actually come and see the change in your body can be the difference again between you continuing and you not. I cannot tell you and I'm actually going to shout out Maggie like a big shout out to you because we've got progress photos of one of our uh, clients previous clients that insane picture transformation like a, a complete body transformation like absolutely ridiculous like amazing pictures and if you looked at those pictures and I was to ask you what do you think she lost in kilos or pounds you'd probably say like uh 10 12 kilos so like 20 upwards of like 30 pounds she only lost over the course of it was actually like the 14 weeks like if you go number to number it was like three kilos or something so like six pounds but yeah it's huge like complete body uh, recomposition going on like huge huge changes and if she never ever took pictures and she only ever went on the scale weight she even said it herself like she would be she would have quit months ago she would have felt so disheartened, like she wouldn't have bothered continuing. But it was the pictures that she should, could see um, that were like giving her that extra motivation, that actually like physical changes happening. And it was that motivation, like I said, that she needed to keep on going down that path. So even though you're going to hate to take the pictures and you might not want to do it, I can't stress enough how much you'll thank yourself. You will thank yourself mm-hmm. for doing it. Yeah. I promise you that. And I always have it. The people that don't take photos at the beginning, they always say, I wish I'd yeah. taken photos. An absolute classic. So do them because otherwise, yeah, you'll regret it and you will wish you'd taken them. So 100% take those photos because you won't regret it. And lastly, but you know, arguably most importantly, is, is looking at progress. And we kind of briefly spoke about this. is Looking at progress outside the measurables. So outside the measurables, such as the weight, the measurements and the photos. But looking at progress habitually and behavioural progress. I don't know if you want to kick this yeah, off, Yeah, I mean, this is... So, I want to... I want to um, I'm going to start with a story of one of my um, previous clients of, of a prime example of this. So, we started uh, the journey together, like, getting great progress. Uh, first, you know, first 12 weeks, absolutely awesome. Something happened in her life and her job, and it basically made her drift off course massively. Now, she started to really drift off course. Like, 
the job that she was having was now um, it involved her actually like taking clients out an awful lot. So she was eating out a lot more, much, much harder to track her calories because she was now on the go with the work, work a lot. She couldn't actually get to like the gym and stuff like hours were ridiculous. Um, her routine had completely changed and she it started to um, regain some weight. Now, what she did in that very moment is I received a text from her and we tried a lot of various different strategies to be like, okay, well, how about we try this? How will we do this? And all of the other things. And um, she sent me a message and said, Hayden, I think um, it would be a really good idea right now if I um, up my calories to maintenance for uh, the next month or two. And then what I'm going to do from that is I'm going to continue what I've realized is through the the work that I'm doing at the moment, the amount of movement, on average, I'm going to be able to get about 8,000 steps. Or I, uh, for me to push, I can get up to that 8,000 steps, but that's completely manageable. Um, I'm going to have my calories to uh, sit at maintenance. Can you help me decide what my calories are at maintenance? Now, for me, that was almost better than any body transformation that had, that, uh, that had um, been through the academy. Because she had taken all of the tools that she had learned, like she had taken all of the habits that she picked up from like um, doing her steps uh, religiously and stuff like that. But more importantly, she'd taken the education and she actually like turned into a sponge and just absorbed it all of all the education that we taught her about how like fat loss doesn't need to be like this complete linear line. Like just because you start a fat loss journey doesn't need to be that you need to stick in this fat loss journey all the way until you achieve your goal. Yeah. Like she decided she had like, she took the autonomy to be able to decide like, right, I'm actually, I'm feeling empowered. I'm going to decide to put my calories up to maintenance or get Hayden to help me get my calories up to maintenance. So I can actually manage this a little bit more. And for me, like, I was like, that's such a huge win. Like better than any uh, weight loss, like scale loss, measurement loss, like picture change. It's because she, and guess what? It's because she had control over her nutrition um, diet, like her basically her diet and training and her lifestyle rather than the other mm -hmm. way around, rather than the food controlling her, rather than the scales controlling her, she was controlling those. She knew the scales were going to go up. She knew the measurements were going up slightly. She knew maybe her progress pictures weren't going to be as good as they have been, but she took control and took ownership on it by adjusting the calories and having a more, um, and adjusting her, her, like, her diet and exercise more around her current lifestyle. And I was like, I wanted to like, obviously mm -hmm. um, she was in America, but I wanted a high fiver. I was like, that is just absolutely insane. Yeah. And that, this, is, this is the point that we're getting at is that there's so much progress outside that you can be celebrating and measurables. You know, you hit your steps this week. Well, that's progress. You managed to have two really good nights sleep where you slept more than seven hours. That's progress. You managed to only have half a chocolate bar when before you'd always had a whole chocolate bar. Prime example is when people go on holiday. They go on holiday and they're like, oh, I went on holiday, messed up, Ryan. I tried to stick to the plan and I went off. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, what do you mean you went off? And then the first thing they're like, well, every morning I did have like yogurt and fruit. And then, and then from there I had like alcohol and just had like pizza and chips. And I'm like, okay, cool. So you had yogurt and fruit every morning because why? And they're like, well, I knew it was a good nutritional choice kind of for me to have. Okay, cool. And would you, would you have done this before you joined the academy? 
No, I'd probably had like pancakes every morning or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. So that's a win. That in itself is a progress because you made a decision in and of the moment. And this is where I think a lot of the time we overlook the progress for the negatives. You know, and we were talking about this on our coaching call last night where you are four times more likely to remember a negative than you are a positive. And it's like that whole thing, that whole holiday was almost written up as a complete failure when actually it's like she still actually made some conscious decision every morning to have a nutritionally dense breakfast, which was more in line with her goals. Yes, maybe the rest of the day wasn't, but usually the whole day wouldn't have been in line with her goals. Whereas actually it was only lunch and dinner that were in line with her goals necessarily, but she was on holiday, so it doesn't matter. And this is where you've got to take this step back. You know, sometimes the scale weight is going to go up. Sometimes the measurements aren't going to move. But every single day and every single week, you always have the ability to look at like habitual progress. You know, what habits have you been doing? You know, you journaled three times this week. You watched, um, you know, some education or something. You read a book before bed four nights this week rather than played on your phone. These things are absolutely massive. And these things are the habits and behaviors that are going to lead to long-term changes because we've all lost weight. Like all of us have lost weight at one point doing something stupid, but we've never kept it off because we never changed our habits and behaviors. So as soon as we stopped the diet, which overhauled our life, we just went back to our normal and our set default. Whereas if you do these things like, you know, reading before bed, less screen time, you know, whatever it is, getting your steps in, focusing on protein dense meals, making choices of yogurt and fruit when you go on holiday. These things are the habitual and behavioral things that you are implementing that are going to help lead you to long-term changes. These are the things that you are implementing that are changing your default. Your default is why you are where you are now. You need to change that. And that's by the habits and behaviors. You know, you'd argue that actually you just want to focus on the habit and behavior changes because Weight loss in theory is going to be a byproduct. A weight loss is a byproduct of the behaviors and habits that you do. Long-term sustainable weight loss is a byproduct of the habits and behaviors that you chain towards a health-seeking individual. So yes, you celebrate when the scales drop. Of course we do. We all do. You know, we, we like it. It's a good feeling. But don't let that overshadow a progressive week with regards to some habits that you did that are going to lead you to long-term success. Because we're so easy, I think, and one of the biggest failures that human beings do in life is we sacrifice the later for now. You know, we we want the now and we we get the easy win now in sacrifice mm-hmm. of later. You know, we can there's studies have shown it with kids like they had you can have one donut now or wait 5 minutes you get two. And like 75% of the kids had that one donut. They couldn't wait for five. And we're so easy to take the now win over the later, but it's like if we can actually stop and think and you know what? Like don't sacrifice the later for the now hold out and actually just focus on the long-term things rather than just, oh, the scale's messed up. That's it. It's like, well, actually, you know, I've still got a whole day of crushing my habits, crushing my new healthy behaviors that I'm looking to implement that are going to actually lead me to the eventual weight loss. Cool. And I think that's such a good way to view it is that weight loss is a byproduct of everything else that you're doing in your lifestyle that's actually going to help you long-term rather than Mm. short-term. Mic drop. Kind of tangent, yeah, kind of a tangent. No, it was good, and I don't know if we're. I'm, I'm still on the same path here, but even for yourself, like as as a perfect example, like I don't know, but how long in total have you now been dieting for? Like, when did you start, roughly? Uh, maybe April. So, so, so this is perfect, right? Because. I know we like between like I've I've been to a lot of social occasions with you since then. And so Ryan is now as of today or 
hopefully this weekend, 10, About, 10 kilos. Yeah. And that's two kilos. And a I month. know that your pro, like, I know that your, your scale weight has gone up and down, like continuously through that mm. because of like all of these events that you've, you like you've had, but you've opted yeah. for this approach of it being much more sustainable, not being stressful. And like you said, you just working on the habits um, each day that you know are going to truly make you successful. Of course, you've got, I mean, Christ, in next week, you've got about five days of like a festival where it's going to be drinking, mm. like not eating uh, nutritional dense foods, but you're not going to, and your scale weight like could potentially jump up like three or four kilos, but you're so absorbed into the process now, like you're so locked in with it that you will not let that define you. And there's so many people mm. that will go to this festival, they'll have three or, or like five or six days off, however long it is, they'll see like a four kilo, five kilo increase and think, well, I've ruined it now, there's no point continuing. And they go back to that default, like you said, where they are no longer health seeking, mm. they're no longer tracking their calories, they're no longer uh, protein steps, like all of these things that you know make you successful. Like the only way you will not be successful is if you give up. Like that is the only way. Yeah. You will have, like, I, I can promise you, you are going to have, like, if you're starting weight loss journey now, you're three months into it, six months into it, however long you are, you are going to continuously face occasions that are going to pop up, that are going to try and knock you off course. But the only way you can really drift off course, like, uh, like hundreds and hundreds of miles off course, is if you don't allow yourself to course uh, correct again. And an example of Ryan course correcting is he is literally going to have these five days. He'll enjoy himself. He won't track his calories. He will enjoy the occasion, but he will have that check-in with himself on the Tuesday, whenever it is, to then course correct. And that means going back to 10,000 steps, going back to um, hitting his new, tr like tracking his calories again, going back to getting adequate amounts of sleep, like all of these small things that will only make him successful again. But people don't, like, like Ryan just said, people only ever look at the short term, whether it be for the good or the bad, like the short term of you see uh, an instant win. If you've lost two, two pounds that week, boom, you're crushing it. You keep on going. If you don't lose one pound, you're like, oh, well, what's the point? And exactly on the flip reverse, you gain a kilo one week. You're like, well, well there's no point continue. It's, you're so, it, everything's so short term. Like, because we're not seeing the results here and now, you give up. But uh, like, just don't, don't let it define you. Don't let it define you. Yeah, man. Yeah, so true. And it's just accepting it. Like, I could have sucked up and probably dropped 10 kilos in like, you know, eight or less weeks if you'd really wanted to and just completely sacrificed everything. But it's like, I made this decision. I was like, I've done it before and it sucks. Like, I had such a bad relationship with food at the end of it. I just like overconsumed for like two weeks last time I did that. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm just going to go for a bit more relaxed approach this time. Yes, it's taken me like more than twice as long. But I'm in such good space. Like I'm socializing, I'm still eating pizzas, I'm still eating ice cream and it's just slowly chipping away. And I'm like, there's no rush. Like there's literally no rush. Like uh, nothing's going anywhere. Like people overlook, like people will, like exactly like you said, it's like people only ever looking uh, short term and people will look at that and be like, oh mate, like 10 kilos in essentially what we're talking like uh, April, May, June, July, or like five months nearly. And they'll be like, well, that's ridiculous. But that's still not beat around the bush. Your health markers will still be in a better place. You like you've mm -hmm. still got an incredible relationship with the food. Like you've still uh, socialized. Like 
everything is positive. There's nothing negative. Yeah, there's nothing negative about like yeah. you taking your time with it. But just because people want it at the click of a fingers, it's not good enough otherwise. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, I think I socialized four weekends of the bounce. And bearing in mind my socializing, like I remember two, two weeks I didn't lose anything because my socializing was heavy. And then I just consumed food because I wanted mm. to enjoy it. And it's just having also that notion of like, oh, well, I didn't lose weight for two weeks. What's that, Matt? Like, who cares? Not gonna like, put it it's on your always in within your power to. F- yeah, I'm like no one else. No one else cares either. This is what you got to remember as well. Is I'm like no one else cares. Like no one else. Like I was like oh, I had a massive social event. Like rah rah. No one else is like oh my god you didn't lose weight for two weeks. Yeah. No one cares. I was like yeah had really boozy thing two weeks I didn't lose any weight. Cool. Like literally no, no one. No one's gonna monk. sit here in three or four years time being like. I wonder how Ryan, I wonder if Ryan ever lost more than 10 kilos. Like, no, no one's going to do it, are they? Like, no one actually gives a shit. Like, yeah. They are. They 100% are. But this is it. And this is why I think we get so wrapped up. And it's, it's getting wrapped up in your own head. That's the issue. And that's where we fall short is that we get wrapped up in our own head. And that's when we end up having these issues because we, we have these ex, but you talk a lot about it, Hayden. We have these unrealistic expectations. These unrealistic expectations what was of that? what weight loss is. And <laughs> I, like- <laughs> I see like a weird like cinnamon man. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna show them in a second. Um so yeah, these unrealistic expectations of like what weight loss is. Like, yes, you can just like go at it hammer and tong for a short period of time and just get in, get out. But for the most part, because of life, it ain't gonna happen like that. Like, it ain't gonna happen like that. And you've got to come to realization that that's okay. Like, that is okay. You know, you didn't not necessarily have, you know, think about it with anything you're learning. You learn to drive. Like, you didn't have the best lessons every single driving lesson partial test first time. Like, no one did. Like, your um, instructor had to hit the brakes. You maybe failed. I failed my theory like second time around because I lost my license. I failed my theory four times before passing it, four times. And the first time I did it, past first time theory, past first time test. Second time, once I was experienced, to be four times to pass my theory. Someone tell me, <laughs> tell me what that's about. So, you know, it never is the same. And you've just got to realize it's just part of the learning process. Like, it's literally part of the learning process. Like, we, we teach this to kids, you know, like embrace the times when you do well and accept that it's always yeah. in your power. Get your cereal out. <laughs> and that, yeah, I was going to say, and I think that measures it because we've got cereal. Uh, so the first one, which is what Mickey, Mickey Moan, Mickey, if you listen to this, thanks, uh, is Crave. Uh, it's chocolate chip cookie dough. Bring it a bit closer. Flavoured Crave. A bit closer okay. to the screen. Oh. I'm like, I was just like, Sorry. I'm just trying to work out, is the cookie dough like embedded in the crisp? Was it in the chocolate bit? Well, I it's crispy cookie dough flavoured oh. shell with smooth chocolate in the inside. I dropped the other box. As a hunt for per one cup serving. What's that like? 30 grams? 170 calories. 30 grams? Uh, It's high. It is quite high. But what do you expect? It's like an Americanized (laughs) cereal. It's it's cookie dough crave. Like, what would you expect? Uh, And the other one, I kind of bought the other one for my other half because I know she really likes churros. Um, And I also bought it, you know, she's she's got to feed the baby. So I thought I'd give her some natural churros. Uh, so these are Cinnamon Toast Crunch churros. These are 180 calories. So these are a little bit more. Mm. 
cinnamon toast. They're actually little oh, churros. Little churros. So if you do want some of these, I, I should have bought you some, Hayden. Four, well, these were on offer at the moment. So these were £4.90. Um, but they're usually about a fiver, which is typical. Like if you buy like Reese's cereal, they're about £5. Um, and I've literally been waiting to go to the gym because I was like, I want a bowl of these and a protein shake before I go to the gym. It's like my religion. It's what I do. Um, so I've literally not gone to the gym yet because I was waiting for my cereal to arrive. But it's arrived now, so I can now go exercise. Have you exercised yet? I since you went today for the first time. Um, I because my arm's still a bit achy. I didn't do any weights. So I just How yeah, was it was fine. I was literally like I was I I was sweating more than normal. So obviously my core temperature hasn't quite regulated yet. Um, but mm-hmm. it was fine. Like I felt absolutely fine. It's quite nice oh, to cool. get a sweat on. That's good. That- Mate, my my yeah, back yeah. hurt so much on Wednesday because I was led down for way too long on Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it's bad, isn't it? Like, I noticed that. Like, if I'm, like, ultimately chilling and on the sofa, I'm literally... in My back is an absolute tatters the next Tatiana day. Tatiana De Silva. Tatianos. Right, team. Wow. Start this party up. Another podcast. Another podcast, another day. Another knowledge bomb-filled episode for you. Um, and if you're not part of the eight-week Fatless Accelerator course, I suggest you get on inside because we are starting next Monday and it is nearly full. It is also discounted. The price will be going up and it's going to be damn right. All right, team. Well, look, we shall see you in the next episode from myself and Hayden. Take care. Keep it easy. Eat your cereal. We'll see you in a bit. See ya. See ya.